0: how much of a sweet tooth do you have did you overdo it with the sweets and chocolates over christmas and the new year recent research into the addiction of sugar suggests that sugar is more difficult to give up than caffeine and alcohol so how do we improve our sugar habit earlier today i talked to madeleine shaw who's a nutritional therapist and also the sunday times best-selling cookery writer and founder of the Glow space and i began by asking her why is sugar so addictive and more so than caffeine and alcohol?
1: I think it's because it's in so many of our foods. So, you know, we obviously know it's in our chocolates and our cakes, but it's also hidden in our breads, in our pasta sauces, in our yogurts. So even when we think we're sort of eating more healthily, we're often eating quite a high sugar diet. So I think it's just sneaking into our diets, whether we are aware of it or we're not, which means that we're just constantly consuming it and becoming more addicted to it
0: what causes the body to become addicted to it what happens what chemical changes happen um that you because that, i must admit it's the one thing i'll crave if i'm peckish and i haven't got time um or i'm sort of between meals meals i'll go and reach for a biscuit
1: <laughs> yeah i think everyone can relate to that i when you eat something with that's high in sugar you get this big blood sugar level spike so this big kind of rush of energy and you often feel quite good Maybe for an hour or so, but then unfortunately that big high drops down to a big low. So your blood sugar levels then drop and that's when often you feel a bit tired, groggy, um, exhausted. You might want to reach for another cup of coffee, another biscuit, another snack. So often we're on this sort of blood sugar level energy roller coaster where we're going up and down, up and down throughout the day, and we get these big slumps. So quite often people find they're having these slumps at, you know, ten, eleven o'clock, and maybe again at four o'clock. Um, and I think that's the real issue is we don't want people to feel like that. We want people to, you know, eat their meals, feel full, feel satisfied, and have enough energy to get through to the next meal, or the next part of the day. But I think sometimes when you're on this, like, roller coaster, you're almost always thinking about food, you're always feeling a bit groggy, you're kind of always searching for the next, you know, hit, fix, you know, all these sort of words that we often use with addiction because, you know, your brain is constantly seeking more sugar.
0: And as you say, I mean, it's it, it's our comfort thing. We all like a bit of comfort at this time of year. And it's very easy, as I say, to reach for a biscuit or, or a piece of cake or something that, that is high in sugar. Um, but how would one know if one is addicted to sugar?
1: You know, I think everyone's different and everyone's going to have different signs, but it might be those those slumps. It might be feeling a bit jittery, you know, often um, waking up in the middle of the night as well because those blood sugar level spikes happen in the evening. So you might feel really awake when, you know, one, two in the morning. Um, so there's, yeah, lots of different kind of signs. But I think, you know, constantly thinking about it, constantly reaching for it at, you know, ten, eleven, or 4 p.m. Um, and having those kind of energy crashes at those times is, is quite a clear sign.
0: So how does our body use sugar then? So if I, if I consume my, my solitary biscuit, um, what is happening in my body with the sugar that's within that?
1: Well, we all do need some amount of sugar. You know, it's really important. It's just the excess levels that we're often eating. Um, so, you know, we use that sugar as energy and we use that whatever movement or, you know, concentration reading work that we're doing. But the issue is often because we're eating in excess, that excess is then stored as fat in the body. Um, So this is why quite a lot of the time, you know, excess sugary diets can lead to things like obesity. Um, So, you know, sugar reacts differently in different people um but when we're not using it in our movement or in our day-to-day lives because often we're living quite sedentary lives then it is quite likely that it is then stored as fat from the body
0: what can we do then to i don't want to say stop the sugar habit because you've just said we need sugar as part of our natural bodily Mm. function um but, you know, what, how can we sort of, you know, wean ourselves off it a bit without then increasing those cravings? Because like anything, if one tries to stop smoking and one reduces how much one, one <laughs> smokes, those cravings go up several notches. So, and I assume the same happens with sugar. So for somebody like me that's carrying a little bit too much weight, um, what could I do to reduce um, that, that my sugar habit and not actually elevate those cravings?
1: Yeah, I think it's about making simple swaps, so, you know, maybe swapping your fruit yoghurt for some Greek yoghurt, which is low in sugar, you know, has more protein in it, which will make you feel fuller for longer. You could swap things like your soft drinks um, for remedy kombucha, which is got zero sugar in it um, and you know, artificial sweeteners and also has these gut-healthy benefits. You could also, you know, if you're having lots of, like, fruit juices, swap that for whole fruit because, again, that doesn't spike your blood sugar levels um, in the same way. Um, so making, like, these little swaps or maybe, say, for example, every morning you wake up and you have jam on toast, you could swap that with eggs on toast. And adding that protein and fat... And reducing that sugar is going to make such a difference to your body, especially the way you start the day. This really sets you up for the rest of the day. And I think if you're eating something high in sugar in the morning, you just sort of start getting on this roller coaster. So I try and make swaps rather than cut out. You know, I'm a big fan mm. of crowding in rather than cutting out because when you tell yourself, I can't have something, you want it like 10 times more. So, yeah. you know, really try and like, you know, make these these small tiny switches and it's amazing that if you made you know a switch with your drink a switch with what you put on your toast and a switch with like the yogurt that you're using you might be reducing your sugar you know by half just by making these simple switches Um, and you're doing it gradually and simply rather than you know really cold turkey or making your life miserable by only eating like steamed fish and vegetables um, which is just not sustainable forever so I think these are just little things that we can um, do uh, that don't feel too dramatic and kind of still fit into our lifestyles that we're living.
0: You mentioned a second ago about artificial sweetener. Is that better mm-hmm. than sugar? Because some of them are um, are synthetic, some of them are not, of course. Um But where do you stand on that? Because, I I mean, I don't have sugar in tea or coffee because I, I don't like it sweet anyway. But even if I did, I don't think I'd resort to artificial sweetener.
1: Yeah, I mean, what the studies show is that in really excess amounts, they do have some negative impacts. But you've got to be eating artificial sweeteners. On a really, really high level to reach these. Personally, I'm a fan of natural sweetness, so things like stevia and erythritol. These ones don't have any of those negative side effects, but also don't, um, you know, don't spike your blood sugar levels in the way that regular sugar does. So those are kind of my favourite alternatives mm-hmm. um, um, to use. But I. I personally like um, to use those instead of, you know, other ones. Um, But I think, you know, in small amounts, it's okay to have these things. I think it's just when people go too excessive, that's the only issue.
0: Do you think, though, that um, food manufacturers do enough with labeling their products because we see words like sugar-free and reduced Mm. sugar well i mean there's a clue in the name but does sugar-free mean that they're using artificial sweeteners uh, which we've just talked about um and how do they do do enough to help the consumer make that informed choice
1: no i think because you can hide things when when you can say sugar-free but add in you know grape juice which is a form of sugar but it's not you know, table sugar. Um, So, you know, you know, sometimes sugar-free can be labeled and it's got honey or maple syrup in. And again, you know, those convert to sugar in your body, you know, not dissimilarly to regular table sugar. So I think it's incredibly misleading what they can hide as something that basically tastes and acts like sugar in your body, but isn't necessarily labeled as sugar um so I think yeah it can be really really misleading I think a really good um place to look at is you know at the ingredients and what could be you know hidden as sugar like things like grape juice honey um you know brown rice syrup all these other things and then another thing is just looking at how much sugars um there are per hundred grams or per whatever the weight of the item is mm-hmm. and you know 30 grams is our rda and you'll be amazed that like granola bars might have 20 25 grams of sugar in them you know and that's almost like your your daily lot and you know that means that if you eat a bit of bread which does still have sugar in or fruit or all these things you've gone over so i think that's definitely you know a place to be wary of but you it's quite easy to get your daily needs of sugar in through fruit, vegetables, grains, and things like that. So, you know, most people are always hitting their target. It's just often because of the processed packaged food having, you know, added sugar in and also, you know, the fact that often people are drinking lots of soft drinks, eating lots of sweet treats throughout the day that we're just going over um, the daily limit all the time.
0: It's interesting you mention bread there because I'm surprised at how many foods that you wouldn't necessarily associate with having sugar as an ingredient does. For example, bread, and I fail to understand why bread does have sugar in it, but I noticed that um, with... um, things like um, tomato um, ketchup, you know, there's different brands on, on the market, mm. but I tend to, to look for the ones that have um, very little to no sugar. I don't eat a lot of tomato ketchup, if I'm honest with you. Um, I'm <laughs> very much a fruit and veg for a person you will be pleased to know. But you look at the labels and you and you find that there is quite a high proportion of sugar that, in, in my view, is hidden, although it's labelled, um, in foods that you wouldn't necessarily associate with that. And I wonder why the manufacturers do that and why they could look for alternatives
1: it's just because people eat more of it you know it's very kind of simple business of Mm. you add you add a bit of sugar into bread and it tastes a little bit tastier and people eat more of it you know um it's it, it it really i mean it could be more complex than that but that's my understanding is you know it's very cheap to add in. It doesn't cost them very much. And it probably means that people eat double the amount. So, you know, win-win um, for them. So I, I think that's a big, big part of it is that we've just been accustomed to sweet. You know, even things like fruit is now genetically modified in a way to taste sweeter because we want that, that sweet taste in our carrots, in our bananas, all these sorts of things. So everything is moving towards this sweet the sweet taste that we you know a lot of people really crave. But what I find really interesting is when you, you know, take out um, sugar from your diet, being a prominent thing, and take out things like, you know, lo- lots of artificial sweetness. Your taste buds change, and you get used to a more different variety of taste because sweet, uh, the sweet taste trumps things, right? So you know, when you eat pudding before. Uh, your main course mm-hmm. it tastes really rubbish yes um, you know whereas if you did it the other way around you can really taste that so well, that, that's the amazing thing is when you really reduce um, your sugar intake a really amazing benefit you start to taste things better you know all the different the other tastes the sour um, you know the savoury the you know more umami kind of different flavours because we get used to just sweet 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 you know cereal for breakfast you know sandwiches and chocolate for lunch or whatever we're just constantly having that sweet taste so it's nice to kind of have a bit more of a variety um and enjoy you know the different tastes that are out there
0: and of course as you were saying earlier naturally occurring sugars um are the best so as you say that you get from fruit and from vegetables and things like that
1: Exactly and they have fiber in them so this is a really really important component is you know if you look at fruit it is quite high in sugar but it has fiber in which means it slows the release of that blood sugar so if you eat some an apple versus you know um, a tea with sugar in or a chocolate bar you're going to get this big spike up and big drop down with fruit will have a bit more of a level field but it's important to try and consume fruit in its whole form so eat an apple as an apple rather than a glass of apple juice they're not uh, even in their benefits because you need that fiber you know keep the skins on um, your vegetables keep the skins on your fruit obviously you know, be sensible, not banana skin, not orange skin. No, of course. But, you know, uh, but as much as possible when there is edible skin, keep it in, that's that's where the fibre is.
0: Well, it sounds like really I'm doing that rich. bit right. <laughs>
1: Well, that's amazing, um, and, that, and that's really, and that's a great, you know, place to be, and I think, you know, it's just building on little habits, like, you know, it's, it's those small changes that make the big difference, um, and you know, even if it's just that you start with breakfast, you just say, okay, I'm going to protein pack my breakfast, um, and make sure that that's kind of nice and balanced, That that really sets you up for the day. What would be
0: your top three tips then for reducing uh, our sugar addiction?
1: I would say the first one would be just exactly as I said before, sorry to repeat myself, is start your day with a protein-packed breakfast. So boiled eggs with toast, maybe some vegetables. Or if you are a porridge person, add lots of hemp seeds, Greek yoghurt, Um, you know, nut butter or something like that onto it to kind of balance it out. Or if you like your smoothies, adding protein powder into them and making them, you know, only one piece of fruit in there um, rather than lots and lots of fruit. Um, I would say that's a really, really important one um, to set yourself up for the day. The other one I would say is, like, try not to snack too much. You know, most snacking foods are quite high in sugar. So if you're going to have a snack at 4 p.m. or whatever, a handful of nuts, a piece of fruit, that's absolutely fine. But I think often we get into this just, like, snack after snack after snack after snack. Uh, And then if you want to eat something sweet, so your biscuit, your ice cream or whatever, that's absolutely fine. Eat it after your main meal. So eat your, you know chicken and vegetables and salad and stuff like that and then have your pudding afterwards this is going to stop that blood sugar level spike it's going to reduce cravings and it's also going to mean that you don't go overboard you know if you start eating biscuits when you're hungry before dinner you're going to eat a lot more than if you ate it after you've had a proper meal um so that's kind of when i would do my timing of dessert pudding or whatever if you want that sweet treat is is post your main meal
0: Madeline Shaw Uh, founder of The Glow Space and nutritional therapist. Thank you very much for talking to Friday Night Clive. That is your lot for this episode. You can catch the programme live every Friday night on Black Country Radio from 6 o'clock p.m. And if you like our podcast, please subscribe by heading to blackcountryradio.co.uk forward slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. See you very soon. This is a Black Country Radio podcast presented by me, Clive Payne, and produced by Andy Kadic.